Thousands of people from around the world are in Berlin. They are gathering in a stadium constructed by the Nazi regime. It's a celebration of human resilience and a source of inspiration for so many. Welcome to the Special Olympics. It's a form of irony, if I say so myself. The Nazis were known for their wicked actions against many people, like those afflicted with disabilities. This is not lost on loved ones of the athletes participating in the Special Olympics. But they consider holding the Special Olympics in the Olympia Stadion as a story of redemption. In a building where Hitler promoted hateful propaganda in 1936, in 2023, athletes with various kinds of disabilities are being celebrated. As Christians, we have the greatest reason to celebrate and encourage our friends with disabilities. Why? Because we believe all humans are made in God's image. We were all made to mirror God's glory, and yes, to see His glory in Jesus Christ. Welcome to Haven Today here on Tuesday. I'm Charles Morris sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series that we started yesterday called, Is Jesus Still for Today? If you were to take a poll around the world asking people what they would like to have in their lives, you would get responses like good health, maybe a happy family, or others. But the three most popular, I think, would be wealth, power, and influence. We want to be important people. And we want to be remembered when we leave this earth. Perhaps living in a secular age, as some philosophers have called it, has influenced what we value the most in life. Well, I think that should lead us to ask, is Jesus still relevant? Or has society now grown past Jesus movements and revivals in favor of pursuing other things like scientific advancement? Well, if the story of humanity and of this world revolves around the coming of the Son of God to save sinners, then I believe that Jesus is not only still relevant, but we need him as much now as we did back when Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden. Almost 200 years ago, a minister by the name of Robert Murray McShane was serving a church in Scotland, but he saw the need for Jesus all over the world. So what did he do? He committed his life at a very early age to sharing the gospel. He had a great heart for evangelism. He traveled to the Middle East sharing the gospel along the way. He helped start a mission in Budapest. He was a part of an organization that sought to share Jesus with Jews. He was a busy man. After these evangelistic endeavors, he returned to Scotland where his church in Dundee experienced revival while he was away. A revival he had prayed for many times, long and hard, but his time back home did not quench his missionary zeal. He wanted to share the gospel with all the world. And the Lord greatly used McShane, and you might think that with a life filled with so many experiences, he lived to be quite old, but that wasn't the case. Robert Murray McShane died when he was only 29. Some might be tempted to think, what a waste. He had his whole life ahead of him. Well, McShane was filled with joy to be used by the Lord, even if only a little while. And I can assure you, his life was not a waste. He continues to be a blessing to many Christians 
Christians all around the world continuing to use his Bible a year reading plan. And this week, our programs are using some of his sermon notes as a starting point to think about whether Jesus is still for today. So be thankful for Robert Murray McShane. And though his time on earth was brief, his life was certainly not a waste. In a moment, we're going to think about McShane's notes on John 12 as Jesus was heading to Jerusalem one final time. They are profound words that recently moved my heart when I was reading them in my backyard, and I pray they move yours as well. And we'll also hear another testimony. Then after the program, I'd like to send you a brand new, I said this right, brand new Haven Quartet album filled with music that's never been on a CD before, never released. It's called Revive Us Again, and it's my prayer it'll do just that in your life. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Christ the Lord is risen today. Built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Just a sample of hymns from the new Revive Us Again album that features 15 songs from different eras of the Haven Quartet. We hear all the time from listeners who say they miss the quartet and would love to hear more from them. So it's our hope that this newly released collection by the Haven Quartet will be a blessing to you as you worship your Savior. Well, I'd like to send it to you with my thanks for your gift to Haven Ministries as we head into our fiscal year end. If you've been with us for many years, maybe you even grew up with the Haven Quartet and the group ministered to you in mighty ways, we're coming up on our fiscal year end, the end of June. Would you just be as generous as the Lord would lead you to be? And then after that, ask for a copy of this new CD called Revive Us Again. You just need to go to our website right now and ask for this and make your year-end gift. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after this Tuesday program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And a quick reminder, we still have the Jesus Revolution DVD available for your gift as well. And now, why don't we open with the Haven Quartet backing up Johnny Erickson Tata and a song I think will minister to you as it does to me. Praise my soul, the King of Heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Everlasting King Praise Him for His grace and favor To our fathers in distress Praise Him still the same as ever Slow to chide and swift to bless Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah 
Praise my soul. And yes, the solo voice was Johnny Erickson Tata. She came into our studio. We wrote an arrangement. Our quartet backed her up. And it's one of the new releases on the new CD called Revive Us Again. This is Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris. Is Jesus still for today is what we're calling the program. Now, before we turn to God's word, I want to share a testimony of a young man who loves Jesus, and his name is Prince Sassis. Hi, my name is Prince, and I want to share my testimony how I came to know Jesus. When I was a kid, I used to go to church uh, with my family every Sunday, and uh, we do a lot of spiritual and religious um, rites every day. And all I knew was um, it was the only way that, so that I can go to heaven. Um, when we moved here to United States and were actually looking for a church, my dad accidentally made a wrong turn on the street and we found a church down the street. We entered in to that church and little that we know, um, that church was going to be our home church for more than 10 years. I remember the sermon on that Sunday when the pastor shared to us the story of Jesus and the gospel. My whole family responded to that calling when we were asked to give and surrender our lives to Jesus. And I remember that day we knew we are saved and our lives were transformed day by day until now. I was in high school. I was so um, joyful because I found a treasure in Jesus that I would lead a Bible study on Wednesday morning for an hour. I would bring my Bible and invite my friends and I was not afraid to share the gospel. And um, as I go to college, the mission is still the same. And I think the question I ask myself, who is Jesus in my life? When I was a kid, a child going to church, I would see Jesus crucified on that cross. And I would ask myself why he died there on the cross. When I started reading the Bible and when I had that personal relationship with Christ, it made me realize that he was crucified there because of me. I am the reason why he was there. He was thinking about me. No one can save my life. It's only him. Jesus is everything to me. And I think that's how um, I see him. Every deeds, every words that come out of my mouth, I wanted something that will glorify him. And that's what I put in my heart. 
and share that good news to other people. Therefore, I consider every place that I go as my mission filled and share the gospel to, to those people I, I encounter. And I want to encourage everyone who hears this testimony that the person um, is not saved by our good works or how dedicated we are or how knowledgeable we are or based on our accolades awards that we we receive but it's all about Jesus and he is our ultimate reward and he is more than enough for us and he has given so much that's my life testimony how the Lord transformed my life from darkness to light Every story of grace is a story worth telling. How God takes a sinful heart and turns it into a heart of worship for Jesus. I'm thankful that Prince shared his testimony with you and me here together on this Haven Today. Now let's think about another young man. I mentioned Robert Murray McShane when we began our time together. What a heart he had for the Lord and a heart for the lost. And even though he died at age 29, he left behind many powerful sermons or notes of sermons that have blessed those who've read them over the last 200 years. Well, recently, sitting in my backyard on a nice sunny day, I happened across a collection of his messages and decided to read one. And I'm so glad I did. The Lord used it to encourage my heart. And so I want to encourage your heart as well. In John 12, we read about an important moment in the life of Jesus. Passover was approaching. Jesus made an entry into Jerusalem. In fact, it was the triumphal entry. He was received as the coming king of Israel. His disciples were confused. They didn't understand why the crowd saw Jesus in this way, though they would understand in a little over a week's time. But as we know this side of the story... The crowd's declaration of Christ as king was premature. It's not as though they were wrong, but they confessed the right thing for the wrong reason. When you're teaching your child math, and she gets the right answer despite using the wrong formula, you do not congratulate her. You work with her to show her that what's important is the right use of formulas. That'll set her up for success later on. Well, the crowd envisioned a king but apart from the cross. They wanted glory without suffering. But what comes after the triumphal entry tells us that this is a mistake. Listen to these words from John 12, starting in verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and wherever I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. John 12, 
beginning in verse 20. Just A song of repentance from the Just Out Haven Quartet album, Revive Us Again. You're listening to Haven today. We've turned to the Gospel of John, chapter 12. We just heard from it. And just before the song, we read those stunning words about Greeks, non-Jews, who came to Jesus just as they were. True outsiders who wanted to see him, meet him, be with him. Now, a couple of things are worth thinking about in this passage that I shared. First, the fact that some Greek individuals came to worship. These were God-fearers, Greek speakers, who would come to the temple to worship the God of Israel. They came to worship, but also to inquire. They wanted to see Jesus. And what's peculiar is that these Greek speakers came to the disciples first. They went to Philip. He was Greek, who in turn went to Andrew, After hearing their request, who was Jewish, did the disciples suspect something ominous about these Greeks? Well, we don't know. But Andrew and Philip eventually told Jesus about the request from the Greeks. The second thing worth noting in this passage is the response of Jesus. After hearing that some God-fearers wished to see him, what do you think would happen? You probably expected a resounding, yes, let them come to me. Jesus, after all, had ministered to all kinds of people, Jew, Greek, rich, poor, everyone in between. But he gives us an unexpected response. In verse 23, Jesus said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Jesus speaks of his glorification. But glorification doesn't come in the way that many expect, especially the crowd that received him in the triumphal entry. Listen to the next verse. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Why do you think Jesus responded in this way? It seems so unlike him, right? And yet when we look at the Gospel of John, we know that Jesus was concerned about the hour. We hear from the lips of Jesus, My hour has not yet come after certain miracles. But when the Greeks came, Jesus finally announced, The hour has come. The Greek God-fearers, seeking Jesus, 
revealed that his mission was coming to a climax. It was telling the disciples and the crowds that Jesus came to save. But it will come not through military conquest. It would come by way of the cross. Jesus came to save. But not just ethnic Jews. He also came to save Greeks, Gentiles. It's important to remember that the glory the Jewish crowds were looking for, and perhaps even the glory of the Greeks were looking for, was not the glory that Jesus was bringing. Come to think about it, this problem remains, doesn't it? We're tempted to pursue power as the world sees power, to be influential and maybe to be wealthy. These things are not bad in and of themselves. If the Lord has blessed you with these things, be thankful. Use your life to be of service to others. But Christ's path to glory came by way of death and the cross. For those who want to follow Jesus, that means following that same path. John twelve twenty six. whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. That is a word not only for God-fearers, but for the disciples, and even for us today. It may sound heavy, but Jesus promised to be with us. He promised to carry us through our suffering. He promises to lead us home. So is Jesus still for today? Yes, I believe he is. We can often be self-serving, seeking out our own glory, but that will ultimately leave us empty. Jesus came to give us eternal life and to give us a purpose as we walk on this earth. He has shown us a better way to live by suffering unto glory. My friend, Jesus Christ is still for today. So may I invite you to seek him out and ask to see his face. We praise thee, O God, for the Son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thank the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thank the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and has cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thank the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thank the glory. Revive us A Song of Revival, from the brand new Haven Quartet album, by the same name, Revive Us Again, this is Haven Today, and a program we're calling, Is Jesus Still, for today. Well, as we're quickly approaching our fiscal year-end, we wanted to offer something very special to listeners. We've had people in the past ask for more Haven Quartet music, and so we're excited to offer this brand new collection of songs, Revive Us Again. 
If you're a longtime listener, you know the quartet used to record music for the radio to fit the theme of the program of the day, and those songs were collected, but not all of them made it onto albums. Revive Us Again, brand new album we put together by the Haven team, and it features 15 hand-selected hymns from all different eras of the Haven Quartet. And though the singers would change through the years, the excellent music and commitment to Christ never did. From enduring hymns to timeless classics, there's something here for you. And I'd like to send you this new CD for your generous year-end gift to help us reach our fiscal year-end goal. You can hear samples from the entire album when you visit us at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And once you listen, you can make your gift and we'll send the CD to you ASAP. Or call us and make your tax-deductible gift when you call 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And I pray this new collection will inspire both young and old alike to rejoice in their faith and share their faith with those who need to know and meet Jesus as Savior and Lord. And remember, we still have the newly released film Jesus Revolution DVD, the true story of Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, and Greg and Kathy Laurie about the Jesus People Movement. Fun, inspiring, a great way to share the gospel this summer. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we'll be together and we'll be sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What is something that virtually every person takes for granted at some point in their lives? Waking up the next morning. How many times have you been talking with a family member and ended the conversation by saying, see you tomorrow? We tend to assume that we'll wake up tomorrow. In Psalm 3, David is being chased by his son Absalom. As he rests his head to sleep, he writes these following words, I lie down and sleep, I wake again because the Lord sustains me. David didn't take a day for granted. He was relying on his Lord. It's okay to tell our loved ones we'll see them tomorrow, but always remember, it's the Lord who sustains us and allows us to see a new day. Get daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.